Hey everybody, welcome to the Fantasy Players Club. I'm your host, Levi Valentine, at Levi underscore Valentine on Twitter. Joining me are my co-hosts, Brent Hut Hut Hikus. Follow him at Brent Hikus, H-E-I-K-E-S on Twitter. And Trevin Cremosta, whose tweets are too hot for your eyes. We still rolling with that, Trevin? Yeah, nice introduction, Levi Babyface Valentine. <laughs> had to shave today, had a, had a big day. Oh, yeah. Try to not look like a total bum at work sometimes, unlike you, apparently. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, we look good. You guys look like you haven't shaved in two weeks. It has been a while. The in style now, Rita Fashion Magazine, why don't you? Maybe if you guys shave, they let you into the Scott Fishbowl. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Good segue. Try- what, Trevin, what's your first topic, Levi? Do you even have any idea what the Scott Fishbowl is, Trevin? That was going to be my... I know you've kind of explained it to me before on the show. I know they do a lot of donations to very good causes, but I don't really understand how it works. So if you could... I know it's a big deal that you got invited. I'm very happy for you, but I do not really understand what it is. Well, let me explain it for you and maybe some of our <laughs> listeners who don't know. So it's a huge pro-am fantasy football tournament. Uh, last year, there were 1,440 teams in this thing, and there were over 10,000 people who registered for it. This year, he hasn't announced how many teams yet, but it'll probably be at least as big as last year, if not bigger. And so far, there are almost 9,000 people who have signed up, which it doesn't draft until July, so probably be a lot more by then. And somehow, I lucked my way into it. I think I probably owe Brent a thank you for nominating me on a question on Twitter a while back, so thank you, Brent. No problem. You deserve it. You do. I'll give you that. (laughs) But Trevin, the way it works is there's every one of those is broken down into a league of 12 teams and then teams who win a certain amount of games or finish in a certain point in the standings or win their league, make it to the final playoff. And so like the weeks 14, no 13, 14, 15, and 16. uh, So 48 teams out of each conference make the playoffs. And it's the team with the best record and then the team with the most points in each division, which get a bye. And then the 32 wild guard teams play in week 13. And the these teams will be the, the top 16 records in the conference. Um, and those 32 teams play. It's not head-to-head, so the 10 highest scores advance. And then... So next week you have the 10 teams that advance from week 13 against the 16 teams that received a buy and the 10 highest scores advance. And then the last, the next one, it's the 10 highest teams that advance from week 14 score off. And the top point score will be awarded as the conference winner. And then each of the conference winners play the last week to see who wins the tournament. So it's pretty crazy. How many teams are in this <laughs> no, that's cool. And then, uh, now do you play for prize money for yourself and for the charities or how does it work? No, there's no prize money. It's just for bragging rights. And the whole point of the thing is Scott fish, the creator uh, wants to raise as much money as possible for charity through this event and all the events surrounding it. Like the, they sell t-shirts. Uh, they have the potathon, which we sponsored last year and just different things like that. And he actually uh, has, an organization called fantasy cares where if you want to contribute to that as your donation for being in it, or just out of the goodness of your heart from the fantasy community, you can. And uh, then he takes all that money and uh, goes and 
buys toys and gives some to other fantasy analysts from other different areas of the country to go buy toys and they donate all the toys to toys for tots so that's kind of his charity uh that he's chosen for all the money that fantasy cares brings in but really i think the idea is just to raise as much money for all charities uh but if you want to donate to that one i think they're they encourage you know since it's a free to free to play no prize money and then the idea is just if you do play or if you're involved or interested just to to raise as much money for charity as possible so it's a great event he puts in a ton of work and obviously with 1400 teams so uh, i'm honored to be a part of it and i'm looking forward to drafting in july and hopefully you guys get in brand i know you signed up trevin have you signed up yet uh no <laughs> get well, to it if you want to enter and they do he does select fans too so you don't have to be have your own podcast or show or anything to do you can just go to scottfishbowl.com and apply for entry uh and if you get selected you'll get participate oh, that's cool happy for you i know it's something you've looked forward to so glad you get to be doing it yeah and so it's my team when like i can't give it away or anything like that as part of the rules but like Brent, if you want to be involved and talk through draft picks or something, or Trevin, if you want to be involved. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> you only take advice from Brent? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how much you cared about it. But yeah, if you guys want to kind of talk through stuff with me during the draft, if you don't get teams, be happy to let you kind of be involved with with mine, and I'll blame you if uh, everything goes poorly, which it probably will. My first piece of advice, <laughs> Devin Singletary, get him early. <laughs> all right brett i no longer want you involved in this <laughs> you're out <laughs> Trevin, <laughs> welcome yeah i'm in baby <laughs> Canary right. <is> tony <laughs> you're out too oh shit we both blew I'm on my own <laughs> someone else who wants out uh is aaron Rodgers, and we're gonna talk about that in the main event so let's hop in and that's for our main for tonight's main event we have two rounds first we're going to talk a little about aaron Rodgers, like i mentioned and then we're also going to give a little nfl draft reaction now that we've had a a week to digest everything after our live stream last thursday which thank you to everybody for tuning in yeah, uh, that off the top that was a lot of fun and thank you for all the guests that got on and thank you for everybody that watched because i had a ton of fun and it, i can't believe it was four hours it seemed to go a lot quicker than that i it was a good time. That's what I was gonna say too. It didn't. It didn't feel like four hours. That that flew by. That was a lot of fun. Like, I'm already looking forward to doing it again next year. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for sure. Uh, Aaron Rodgers would be pretty thankful to get traded out of Green Bay, guys. <laughs> the, Packers, <laughs> the Packers say they're not trading him. He tells them he's not interested in returning to the team. Uh, some of the news that came out this week was pretty wild. Like apparently he was telling free agents he wouldn't probably be there this season. So any free agents they were trying to sign, he was reaching out to them and telling them that. Uh, there was the whole Jake Kumaro thing where apparently he made a comment that he really liked Jake Kumaro and they cut him the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so he was pissed about that from a while back. And apparently he's texting people calling Brian Gutekunst, uh, the, uh, Jerry Krause of the Packers <laughs> were destroying what they have. So, guys, it doesn't seem like it could get much worse, but what do you think about the situation and the potential fantasy impact for Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and 
Aaron Jones. I mean, all the Packers players be impacted by this. Let's just start with what we think is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers first, because I was getting the read on it. Like, I, I don't, you wouldn't come with this news the day of the draft if you actually wanted to get traded, was my perspective, because there's just no way for the Packers and other teams to actually come together with an offer, I don't think, the day of the draft, because any, any trade would probably involve the first round pick, at least, of the team you're trading it to. So I don't. My thoughts at that time were Aaron Rodgers just trying to use his influence to have the Packers select who he wants to select because I don't think the timeline wouldn't add up to actually getting traded. But this stuff that's coming out this week, it sounds like he really does want out. So I don't know why he played that so bad. I don't know why he wouldn't do that the month before the draft and probably have a better chance of getting traded if that's what he wanted because this seems like not a good relationship to come back to. I don't know what's going to happen at this point, but I would still bet. Rodgers comes back. I just, I think the Packers have most leverage still, and they can say we'll go host Jeopardy if that's what you're gonna do because we're not gonna trade you. Because I don't, I don't know why they would trade him. I guess it sounded like the. Well, here's maybe a, a theory on potentially your question. Yeah, I want. I'm all. I, I just want to hear theories right now from what <laughs> we think. So maybe he told them at the sure. beginning of the offseason or earlier that he was not yeah. coming back and they needed to trade him and they never did it. So he this was like his Hail Mary right before the draft to just put everything out there and force their hand. And it sounded sure. like they got pretty close to trading him to the Broncos. I mean, the deal didn't get done, but I think that there was probably a little fire there to go along with all that smoke. So maybe but this was uh, the rollout he had was very organized for who was getting scoops of what this wasn't just a, oh, I'm so pissed the day of the draft. I'm just going to let somebody talk about it. <laughs> they knew exactly what they're doing. And I don't understand why you don't just do that exact same strategy the month before, if you want to get traded. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, but I think that's one possibility and it almost did work. And I think my prediction is he will not play in Green Bay this season. At this point, I, I just don't see how they reconcile. So I think he'll probably get traded to somebody. Do you think they will trade him? I think so. He just seems adamant that he will not play. And so what option do they really have at this point? Because what he owes, if he didn't play, I think he owes the Packers $20 million, right? If he retired, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, if he doesn't doesn't retire, though, he's going to get fined every day for not showing up to different team training things. So I think the Packers still have most of the leverage here, and I don't know why they would trade him. I mean, I'm sure you want to get some assets back, but if he doesn't, you get all that money back, and you got the guy that you should have ready to be, Jordan Love. It's probably the reason this all started getting so bad. So from the Packers side, I don't know why you'd agree to it, I guess. Well, I mean, you're getting assets in return versus just cash or nothing. nothing. Like. The cash is nice, but it doesn't help you on win football games. At least if you trade him, you get some assets that will. Sure, but I don't know. I wouldn't trade him. I'm I'm kind of with Levi on this. I, I think he's played his last game at Green Bay. Um, kind of stinks, but I think that's he's done with Green Bay. It whether he retires or plays at a different team. Um, so you but, both think that he's going to get traded? He'll be playing with a different team this next season, or he retires. So I, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Um, I just don't think he's going to play another down for the Packers. And w- when I heard about this last week, I was like, ah, eh, I didn't think much of it. 
I just thought kind of like you, Trevin, like they're trying to get a good draft pick get like a stud wide receiver or something. Um, but now after this week, after the whole week, um, I just don't think he can come back to it. And um, I did hear something on the radio the other day. Uh, if something is going to happen, it'll probably be on or shortly after June 1st because of some money reasons or something. I, I, I'm not smart enough to understand, but it saves Green Bay a lot of money and it saves the team that they're trading him to a lot of money. So if something happens like that, I think it'll happen after June 1st. Yep, they would save $16 million in salary cap space if they trade him or release him after June 1st. Uh, a mm-hmm. move now would actually cost them a little more than a million in space. Uh, a move made before June 1st would accelerate his remaining signing bonus pro ration to the 2021 cap. A move after would divide it up over the last three years of this deal. And just to clarify my position, I think he gets straight. I don't think he retires because I think a retire would be a lose-lose scenario. Like the Packers would get the money back, but they lose any chance to get any sort of return. And obviously that's a significant sum of money that Rodgers would have to pay back personally for him. So I think that, I think that's the least likely of the three scenarios, honestly, but I don't think he plays again for the Packers. I don't think he's going to get traded this year. If he's not playing for the Packers, I don't think they've moved him to anywhere else. So it, it seems like the Broncos, if he does get traded, the Broncos are the favorite. Let's not get. Let's. Get we got to talk about the Raiders here, because <laughs> if that if that does happen, I'm gonna have to buy some new zippers for my pants. It's <laughs> gonna be a good time in my house. <laughs> but it, would you agree that the Broncos are probably a favorite? Then maybe the Raiders are number two. It would sounds you, like I agree. It I mean, sounds just, like just by hearing the Broncos, and yeah. stuff like and that. And they definitely have a better roster for him to slip into. But it does sound like he probably wants to get closer to California. So that would be kind of the. The, the Raiders have some weapons. They definitely don't have as much as the Broncos, but they're more about the location, I think, if he's trying to get more west. Yeah. So Trevin. with with that said – go ahead, Levi. Go ahead. With that said, um, for the people that are drafting, like new dynasty startups or even rookie drafts, what do you do with guys like Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, Robert Tanyan, Amari Rogers, um, Jerry Judy? Cortland Sutland, Noah Fant, Javante Williams, and maybe maybe uh, the Raiders receivers. I can't even think of a Raiders receiver. Oh, right come now. on. <laughs> now you're just being hurtful. So no. before we get into that, Trevin, can I ask you what makes you lean more towards he doesn't get traded? Just that, I, yeah. I just, the same point I had before. I just don't really see a benefit for the Packers. I know they'd get some assets back, but I just, he's the last season's MVP. I don't think you can let a team have that even for the assets. But so I think he calls bluff because I don't, I don't think it's going to be nothing though. I think he calls bluff. I don't think there's any way Rogers goes, okay, I'll give back $30 million to not play. I don't know. He wasn't a happy guy last year. I don't think he's been pissed for a while and he was an MVP. So what are the Packers going? Oh no, we better trade him. We'd hate for him to be upset again and get another MVP and go to the NFC championship game. <laughs> but if it's that or get a couple of first round picks and move on, you can't, which, I don't think you can trade away the MVP. Anyway. You, what are you going to watch him win another MVP at Denver? I, I don't mean, think it's while well, your team's shit. Cause you got Jordan love starting for the first time. Like what's that's quite a rebuilding phase. You're going straight into because you wanted a first round pick instead of 
keep yeah. the MVP. It's a different situation, obviously, but I think the closest thing was when the Colts let Peyton Manning walk. I know they had Andrew Luck there, which and oh, yeah, was they had off maybe the best prospect ever, and it didn't. It wasn't for sure Peyton was going to play again with his neck injuries. Right, but I'm just saying, like, it's not crazy. Like, it's and that was free agency. Kind of the they didn't choose to trade him; they just choose not to re-sign him. Right, but it's the same thing in effect. But the the big thing from that is Peyton Manning was coming off a horrible neck injury and Aaron Rodgers coming off an MVP season. And they I, had luck and not Jordan Love. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Like I said, it's not a perfect comparison, but I'm just saying there is precedent there for you're letting one of the best quarterbacks in the game, even though he is coming off an injury, walk out the door. And that was getting nothing for him. At least in this case, you'd get some sort of... Yeah, but if they would have kept him, then you're signing... Then you have your money still with Peyton Manning, and you have the best prospect since Peyton Manning walking in your door. Right. So then you're you get a lot of assets going towards these two really good quarterbacks. That's a, I think it's totally different situations here. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. But, but as just far as on the Packers, Packers points, yeah, yeah. Go yeah. on, go on. We're on the same page. As far as the Packers players. For me, I'm moving them all down a little bit because, like I said, I don't expect Rodgers to be there. And even if he is, I think there's enough uncertainty right now that if you're buying one of these players, you kind of have to price that in. Like if you're trading for Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones uh, because there is more risk. It's not a huge deal. Like I think Devontae Adams is still top five receiver in Dynasty, but I don't think he's the clear number one overall. Like maybe he was a couple months ago before before all of this got as bad as it is now. So that's kind of how I'm viewing it. As far as other teams, I'm not really speculating on Broncos players or any other team for that matter at this point, uh, as far as their value, just because who knows where he ends up and, <laughs> you know, it's, it's you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to stay ahead and like maybe bump up Judy a little bit, maybe yeah. bump up Sutton or Fant rugs, maybe. i personally wouldn't just because i think it's it's a lot of speculation but it's not the worst (laughs) thought i guess if that's something you're inclined to do see i guess i'm more on uh (laughs) so i'm more on that he will be staying in the packers so i'm not putting any i'm not downgrading the packers weapons at all but I would maybe look at see how available a Broncos player is right now, but I think who's ever holding those players is probably also excited that maybe Rodgers will be coming, so I doubt you can get them for anything that's a good value. True. Brent, any additional thoughts? No, but I mean, other than I probably would slightly bump those Broncos players just to take a chance. If if yep. you if you like Jerry Judy already and you think he'll have a good year with Locke or Bridgewater. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe you can bump him up a, a few more spots because you know he's going to look even better with Aaron Rodgers. Same yeah, with Fant. I, mean, I, I think it, Fant, Fant would be the guy that would benefit the most out of out of the three guys at Denver. If it does happen, their stocks are going to soar, and you, there's yeah. no way you couldn't pay enough to get him at that point. So mm-hmm. if you did want to take a chance, that was the time. So what about Rodgers himself? How are you guys viewing him? Don't I'm a little big, worried. Yeah, the big worry would be if he actually doesn't play this year. I'm not too concerned if he's at Packers or at somewhere else. He's going to be a very good quarterback, but yeah, I think it does. I think there's a real risk that he's just not playing, and he'd be sitting on that quarterback for your starter. So, 
we have a draft coming up this weekend, an auction draft. How are you guys looking at him going into that? Are you just avoiding him completely? Or would you buy at a certain price? Like, if you were ranking him and looking at your rankings, how are you, how are you approaching him and where do you have him? I see what I, you're trying to do, and I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'd probably just avoid him. Avoid him completely. Um, I'm pulling up the rankings right now to see where he's at. Yeah, I mean, best case scenario, if all this drama wasn't going on, if you're getting Rodgers, you're hoping to win the next two years because he is 38, I think. Mm-hmm. So put in the risk of maybe he doesn't play and you're looking at somebody that's a little more risky. It's not a long-term deal, I don't think. I mean, Jesus, Tom Brady's playing until he's 45, so who knows? Maybe he got another seven years with him. Yeah, Rodgers 37. He turns 38 in December. So, yeah, I took him – and then in a startup earlier this off season, uh, and I don't feel great about it right now. But <laughs> honestly, I do think I think he'll play somewhere this season, whether it is Green Bay or somewhere else. I would be shocked if he actually retired or did not play. But we'll see. It's hard not to bump him down a little bit, but I think it's it's one of those where it's a a risk reward and. <laughs> the reward is pretty significant with him potentially if he has another year like he did last year. And I think yeah. if he goes elsewhere, especially he'll be extremely motivated to uh, <laughs> make the Packers look like idiots. I'll put it that yeah, way. <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. I think the funniest outcome would be if Jeopardy asked Jordan Love to do a guest hosting job for the next week. <laughs> <laughs> what a dumb way to lose your potential MVP though. Just, drafting a quarterback in the first round without telling him you're going to do it last year. It seems like that's really the thing that pushed him over the edge. Well, it's that and the Dylan one. It's just two guys that it's not like they weren't helping very much. They just didn't help at all. They were both third string on the uh, depth chart. Just two absolute duds when you could have got any type of weapon. It sounds like that would have made him a little happier. I think he's a pretty prickly guy as is. So I don't know how happy he ever actually is, but seems like it would have helped. Couldn't hurt, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But it, we saw it this year with Trask. Apparently the Buccaneers gave Brady a courtesy heads up, hey, we're going to probably take a quarterback. And I heard the Vikings even did it with Kirk Cousins taking Kellen Mond. Oh, so God, Kirk round. Cousins gets a call on right? <laughs> <Yeah. Does> <laughs> Insane, right? Uh, so, wow. Um, I, I don't – I saw a tweet today or earlier today. It was interesting. Um, Brady or Rogers has been in the league for what seven, sixteen, seventeen years. Yep. During that time, um, he's got the same amount of first round wide receivers um, in Tom Brady's first seventeen years, which is zero. <laughs> so. That's crazy. Yeah, because each one of those Packers quarterbacks played for 17 years is the big stat going around. Bart Starr, oh, okay. Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But I just find that interesting where um, people are – I mean, Rod, I mean, people are complaining that Rodgers can't get help like at the receiver position in the first round, but Tom Brady's never had it. I mean, yes, he got he got Randy Moss in free agency, which is, <laughs> which is huge, but he also made – Julian Edelman looked pretty good. Wes Welker looked pretty good, and a few other guys like that. But so is Rogers. But I just find that interesting. He also had maybe the best tight end of all time. Catch your passes. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yep. 
Anything else? Oh, are you buying buying Jordan Love? I don't know. He's a weird one for me. It just seems like there's better prospects coming into the league every year. I just I don't know how you'd be too excited if <laughs> for getting Jordan Love. I mean, there's five guys came in this year that were top of the draft. I know they're all not going to work out, but each one of those is more exciting than Jordan Love, I think, and then probably be about the same again next year. Yeah, I mean, his stock bumps up a little. A little bit. Um, not, not very much for me, though. So, I, not, Yeah, not a, it definitely bumps up just for volume. He could be the starter at the Packers with some pretty good weapons, but it's not something I'd be looking for, I guess. If I was an owner, I guess I'm excited. Yeah, I've never been a big Jordan Love believer, so I can't see him ending up on any of my teams, and I'm not going out of my way to buy him, certainly at this point, even in Superflex. Oops. All right, should we move on to a little rookie reaction, guys? Yeah. All right, so we obviously had our big rookie show last week for the draft. Uh, the first 32 picks we did the live stream. And again, thank you to everybody who participated and watched that. Uh, but we want to talk a little bit more now that we've had a week to digest everything, guys. So we had a couple of questions here. The first thing we're going to talk about is whose value changed most for you after the draft? Yeah, I'll go first. Um I don't. I I love Bateman coming in, and uh, I I still love him as a prospect. But it's just he. I'm not really worried that he's not going to be good. They just don't. The Ravens don't have a lot of volume passing going on, so I don't know how many what his real ceiling is for targets a game right now. So I was a little disappointed on where he ended up going. I like I said, still love him as a prospect, but the situation worries me right now. I think uh, they'll probably figure out a way to throw some more going forward just to keep Jackson from running till he's 30, but I wasn't thrilled with where he got selected. Yeah. I just don't see him getting more targets than uh, Mark Andrews and maybe even Marquise Brown. So I'm kind of with you there, Trevin. Brent, what about you? Who changed value for you? Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is, I will. is Jamar Chase your wide receiver one now, Brent? Oh, yeah. Let's, you gave us a hell no last yeah. time we asked this yeah. question. <laughs> oh, I wow. did, didn't I? I did. Yeah, you did. But, but, but I'm very hey, strong I, about it. I did not say that I hated Chase, though. I, I really like Jamar Chase. I do. But with with the Bengals drafting Chase, and I mean, but it kind of lo- looked like that. I love Joe Burrow. going to go anyway. I thought, I thought they might go offensive tackle, but. Um, I, I knew there was that chance, but it, you know I love Joe Burrow, and I'm not a big fan of of the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. Um, but I don't know. It's I still like Devontae Smith quite a bit, but Jamar Chase is my number one for now. Um, but but he's he's not my he's not my um, what, what do we call on this? The riser, big movers, risers, big and movers. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I, I took this question. I mean, I thought of rookies, but I can I say like a current NFL running back or sure. does it have to be a rookie? If you want to cheat, but yeah, that's not for. cheating. Um, <laughs> I've wrote down a lot of people, but my favorite one of all is um, this is going to piss Trevin off is Clyde Edwards Alaire. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm back on the. Clyde Edwards-Alaire train, man. If you have Clyde, trade him now. <laughs> so, 
Um, obviously, they helped out their their offensive line quite a bit, and every single offensive lineman they got, th- their biggest strength is run blocking. And Clyde Edwards-Lair is going to yeah, love for this. Yeah, whoever the next running back is. You'd think if they didn't like Clyde Edwards-Lair, they would have drafted one. I mean, it, they got Jarek McKinnon. whoop de doo That's it. <laughs> McKinnon they, will get. They tried to get, get Who did they try to get this offseason that went to the Buccaneers? Oh, I'm blanking. That was Fournette? Anyway. No, go on. Oh, Geo? Yeah, they tried to get Geo. I, I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, it's Clyde Edwards Alaire. They got some stud run blockers. They got the Patriots um, offensive lineman from free agency. He's one of the best run blockers in the league. They got the center in the second round from Oklahoma, who's an absolute stud run blocker. A um, few other guys in free agency and another guy in, in the draft. And uh, they loaded up on the offensive line. And I'm excited to see what, what they're going to do. Do you want to hear a, a list of a – maybe I'll let Levi go. And then I'll, nope. I'll list, Finish I'll your list, list the, Brent. Finish okay. Your list. I, I'm not going to talk much about them, but I'm going to list them off. You're on okay? a roll. Yeah, right. go for it. Uh, Mike Davis. I mean, the Falcons. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Mike Davis, and even to a lesser extent, Corderell Patterson. Um, he might he might get some snaps too. Uh, some other guys, Chase Edmonds and James Conner. I mean, they're I was surprised sitting, I didn't get anybody else, yeah. I was surprised by that too. And how about this one? Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. <laughs> how, how about it? <laughs> <laughs> they have they, they don't have any more competition, so it's going to be those two guys again next year. Boy, um, owners everywhere are rejoicing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, this one, it's a three-headed backfield right now. I think it'll cut down the two. I don't know who it's going to be, but David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, and Mark Ingram. I think I think Lindsay's going to come out of that pack. Um, and get the most fantasy points for the Texans this year. Um, and how about Austin Eckler? I mean, he's it's his backfield again, and who knows who the back whose backup's going to be? Uh, another another one. Yeah, Malcolm, as, Mel- as an Austin Eckler fan, I'm thrilled. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, huge. as an owner, I meant to say, yeah. And you tried trading him to me last year. I should have done that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, another one is Malcolm Brown and Miles Gaskin. I, I was shocked that the Dolphins did not get a running back in that draft. And um, Chris Carson, and I can't believe we're still talking about him, but we have to, Rashad Penny. All those guys are winners of the draft, all running backs. I I mean, they're all winners of the draft in my eyes. Any disagreements there? I uh, know. I think there are still some free agent running backs out there, so they're – some of these are going to be filled by um, some guys. Uh, I mean, just to name off some names, I'm not saying these are studs, but they're going to take some carries from somebody. Todd Gurley, Duke Johnson, Rex Burkhead, Carryon Johnson, TJ Yeldon, Deion Lewis, Chris Thompson. These guys are all available, so some of them will be signed. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, it's not going to end up that way. Um, Adrian Peterson, uh, maybe Frank Gurley. Gore. Frank Gore, um, those guys could take <laughs> could away. Lead a team in rushing for like <laughs> I think it's sixteen years in a row or something at this point. It's one of my favorite stats. He's led he his could, team in rushing for the last sixty. However many years he's been in the league, he could go back to Miami. Frank Gore finishing the year at Miami, or finishing his career at Miami. That's enough Frank Gore talk. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to play with his son Levi. 
<laughs> Brent, you mentioned Rashad Penny. I think it is worth noting that the Seahawks recently did decline to pick up his fifth year option. So, oh, okay. This will be his last year in Seattle, most likely. Uh, and I think that it'll be interesting to see what they do going forward. Uh, you mean th- this upcoming year will be his last year? Right. Okay. This will be the fourth I year. Yeah. So. They yeah. did not pick up their fifth. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think those are all good picks. Um, I had a couple. Uh, Trey Thurman was a big winner for me here. Uh, going yeah. to San Francisco in the third round, a pretty good draft capital, better than I expected. Uh, and obviously that backfield's kind of a mess with all the options they have there, uh, especially they also drafted uh, Elijah Mitchell later on in the draft, and they still have Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, and then currently also on the roster is Wayne Gallman, Jamichael Hasty, <laughs> Kyle Juszczyk, of course. Uh, so... I don't know whether Trey Sermon's going to be the lead back. It'll probably be well, like they rotate him in and out every year, it seems like there, but kind of a committee. But I think uh, he's going right now as the number four rookie running back, and I think that's probably where he should go. Uh, and this ADP we got provided to us by Duchesne's. Uh, thanks for putting it together, Duchesne's. Uh, he has seven drafts on here, and on average, Sermon's going with the fifth pick in the second round. So. That'd be 17th overall. So that's that's a lot better than I expected for Trey Sermon, honestly, coming into the draft. So I thought he was a winner. Uh, uh, yep, go ahead. go ahead. Nope, I was going on my next uh, loser. So uh, if you got another one, go ahead. I just have two losers uh, that I'll throw out there, and then I'll turn it over to you for yours, Trevin. So my big ones were Brevin Jordan. I think he was kind of the consensus top three tight end along with Firemuth and Pitts going into the draft. He follows all the way down the draft boards, ends up getting drafted in the fifth round by Houston, who we have no idea if Deshaun Watson's going to play this year, and and that tight end room is kind of a a mess with uh, him. And they also have Jordan Akins, Kahale Waring, just kind of a mess of of a tight end room there. So I was really disappointed by that. I thought he was going to potentially be a pretty good player coming into the league and he didn't get the draft capital to support that and another one that we discussed i think was one of my picks before the draft when we did this was tamori and terry who ended up going undrafted and uh was signed a undrafted free agent deal with the seahawks so i think that's about as good of a landing spot probably as you can hope for for him with tyler lockett and then kind of a an open spot there on the third place on the depth chart behind dk Metcalf. Uh, they also drafted Dwayne Eskridge there, uh, and then they still have Freddie Swain, John Ursua, Penny Hart. But, so depending on what you think about Eskridge, which I'm not a huge believer, um, they took him in the second round, which is crazy to me. But uh, I think that was pretty disappointing for me to see Terry not even get drafted, and I think probably the way his career ended at Florida State had something to do with that. Um, but I, I thought he would get drafted, to say the least, and I was disappointed by that. So I don't even think he's a draftable in fantasy leagues now going into the season. I think he's one of those you pick up after the draft as a free agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, another winner I had was Javante Williams. I really liked him going to the Broncos, who traded up to get him. I don't think they are big fans of Melvin Gordon, and he, honestly, he might be my number one uh, running back for Dynasty right now because I know the – uh, Steelers got Najee Harris, uh, but I that line is bad. They run everything out of shotgun because um, Big Ben can barely move anymore. 
and uh, I don't know about ETN there at the Jags, so that I think he's my number one running back right now for rookies. Wow. Um, but that goes that's yeah. a little spicy. Yeah, sure. Yes. You think so? I don't think it is, but if you call it spicy, I think it's anti-consensus. That's for sure. I think it's consensus number three. So it's a little spicy. Yeah, let's call it the the spicy beer take of the week. Um, Gator Brewing. Kincaider Brewing, yep. Uh, my next one was, I don't know what the Jags are doing. I thought it was pretty funny. Last year they showed they can get an undrafted rookie running back, be priced very low, and be very productive. He finished very well, um, finished top five all running backs, I think, for uh, points per reception leagues. And now they then they spend the first round <laughs> pick on a running back immediately after. So they didn't learn anything from the great success they had last year. And uh, it's uh, it's tough for undrafted free agents, even the ones that do well, like uh, Robinson. But if you're a James Robinson owner, you really got to be upset. Uh, he had one year of greatness and doesn't look like he's going to get another chance at the Jags. If you're a James Robinson owner, you just got to be thankful that you got one year of running back one production from a player yeah. you paid nothing for. <laughs> That's what I you know, but at. you can't complain. You, I mean, yeah, but it just sucks. Like he showed how good he can be. And he, I doubt he's never going to get the chance again at the Jaguars. They're going to, they'd rather show off their first round pick than show the undrafted guy from the prior administration there. Yeah. I think the best it's a timeshare, but, and I, I have no doubt that James Robinson owners are, <laughs> a little hot about it, but I'm just saying you can you're getting a little greedy when you Yeah, it's not like anybody <laughs> was like James Robinson's my guy and then it worked out for him. They just right. lucky to have James Robinson on the roster. Right. But what do you think about the Jags not learning from <laughs> what they did? Don't you think that's a little wild they spent a first round pick on a running back? That's certainly not what I would have done. Uh <laughs> but I think that's kind of ref- to me it's just reflective of Urban Meyer a mm-hmm. new coach coming in from college and not fully understanding, I guess, player valuation in the NFL and the value of running backs, <laughs> at least as we see it for the most part as fans, is not nearly as significant to your success in the NFL as some of the other positions that they could have spent their first round pick on. So I like Travis Etienne. I think he's a really good player, but I don't think it was a smart move from a general manager perspective. Yeah, it's it, it. It was shocking to see him getting picked in the first round. I, I I thought they would get a guy maybe in the second or third, a running back in the second or third. Because I, I talked about it last week. I thought James Robinson. I, I thought the Jacksonville Jaguars needed another running back, even though Robinson looked great last year. I, I thought they needed another running back, and um, still shocked they got one in the first round though. So, but I totally agree. It's James Robinson owners. I bet they're pretty pissed right now. <laughs> and uh, I want to add something to Levi's take on Trey Sermon and the, the, basically a 49er backfield. Uh, what Wayne Gallman did at New York Giants last year to close the year, um, he was pretty special. I mean, to close the year. I mean, you got to give him some credit. And he's not going to – Wayne Gallman is a, is a good running back. He's, he's a good NFL running back. He was a really good college running back. And he's not going to let Sermon um, take that job. Um, I mean, obviously, Mostert probably doesn't want to let him take that job either. Um, and what, what's really funny, one of my sleepers uh, was that Louisiana running back. Um, Elijah Mitchell. 
Yes, yes. One of my deep sleepers was Mitchell. So, and, and I do like Sermon too. <laughs> so that backfield is an absolute mess right now with with all four of those guys, five of those guys when you include Wilson. Yeah, somebody's probably getting cut. At least one, if yeah. not two of those guys, and mm-hmm. I don't know which one's going to be. But that camp competition is going to be really interesting to see how it shakes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you guys know that I. <laughs> I, don't, I can't tell if I'm doing a bit anymore or not that I've been kind of all in on Tony, but I didn't see him getting drafted this high. <laughs> I don't really have any I'm defense. Not. I don't really all, have any defense for that. <laughs> all the mocks had him here. Yeah, the mocks. Everybody hated it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess see it in real life. It was funny when, like, he's been the fourth on kind of the groupings we've done, so it's been fun to pick him throughout the our off season on talking about guys and, but going as the fourth overall receiver number 20 overall in the draft, it's a little much for even the biggest Tony fans like me. Yeah. It's <laughs> insane. So Trevin, where is Tony for you and your rookie drafts right now? Like what's the highest you'd be taking him? He's going 207 right now behind obviously Jamar Chase. And then you have Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. Uh, Rondale Moore, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, and Terrace Marshall. Right ahead sure. of Alvin Ross and Brown. I'm just, yeah, I'm looking at the same list you're looking at. And I, that's, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a bigger Tony fan than I should be. It's funny to kind of go against the grain on that one. But I do like what he did last year where they moved him a wide receiver. He's shown that he can be kind of the running back or receiver slot guy and very explosive, but I, <laughs> I'd i have a hard time drafting any higher than 207. <laughs> so, Which is pretty much where he's going right now. Yeah, so. yeah. That's it. I'm looking at the list here. The, that seems right for me as the biggest Tony fan in the world. <laughs> well, you have about that pick in one of our good leagues, so I expect you to take him if he's there this, uh-huh. later this offseason. <laughs> no, but I <laughs> – the Giants were kind of funny there. They – they finally talked their GM Gettleman and trading down and <laughs> traded down and um, De- Devontae went above where he thought he was going to go and then he got stuck with Tony. So that's what he gets, I guess. Another another thing that makes me question Urban Meyer and, and the regime and Jacksonville's intelligence. Did you see what he said about Tony? He was the one who was most disappointed oh. that he got drafted because he was going to take him with his next pick. I saw that. Yeah. I also saw what he said about ETN that it'd be, it's going to be a great third down back. Yeah. <laughs> like, he took him in the first round. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm out on the Urban Meyer era. I don't think it's going to work. And we've, I've said that before on this show. I'm out on Urban Meyer's player assessments. That's for sure. Evaluations. Yeah. I, I just think he's one of these guys that was a great college coach because he's able to get these younger guys and have everybody buy into the system, but I don't think it's going to work for adults. Yeah. Only, only thing he's got going for him right now is Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> yeah. We talked a little bit about it during the draft, but like it was kind of interesting to see. So you have Lawrence and ETN the college teammates going to Jacksonville. And then you have the teammates reunited in both Miami with Waddle and Tua and then in Philly with Hertz and Devonte Smith. And yeah, and Joe the, Burrow and Jamar Chase in Cincinnati. Yep. So new trend, mm-hmm. new hotness in the NFL, boys. Yep. Get your get everybody's friends together. <laughs> next, <laughs> next year, the Patriots will get Michi from Alabama, and he'll be <laughs> teamed up with Mac Jones. Perfect. Should we move on to our second question? Yeah. Uh, yep. Which player in the first or second round of Superflex Rookie ADP do you differ from consensus most on, Brent? 
Um, this was kind of tough for me because it's not much of a difference, but I, I see Kyle Pitts is going 1.4 right now. I'm, I'm pretty sure I would take Jamar Chase ahead of him, Najee Harris ahead of him, Travis Etienne, uh, Devontae Smith, and maybe I can talk myself into picking Mac Jones, Javante Williams, and Jalen Waddle ahead of Kyle Pitts. I, I, I like Kyle Pitts. He was great in college, and um, he'll probably be pretty good in the NFL. I, I do like him, but um, with Calvin Ridley there, um, right now, Julio is there. I, I just – he's got to prove it to me first. So I, I don't expect to own Pitts in very many of my dynasty leagues coming up. So I, I'll just let everybody else draft him and they can deal with him. I'm right there with you, Brent. Uh, I don't have as many guys ahead of him as you did, but I'm the earliest I can see myself taking him is probably nine. Okay. So. But four, it's way too high for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've kind of talked about it before, but I really didn't even like his – I like him worse now after his landing spot, and that's Waddle. Uh, we talked about how I wasn't a big fan of uh, his injuries. They kind of scared me off as far as high, how high he was being taken. And now he goes to the Dolphins where he's going to be fighting for time a little bit. I'm sure they're going to give him as many looks as they want to, but they've got Parker there. They signed Fuller this offseason. Still have Preston Williams there. And also, Tua just hasn't been a good NFL quarterback so far. I know he's got injuries. He can change that, but he wasn't good last year. So I don't – I'm not excited about Waddle. And on this chart, you've got Forrest here. He's going at 111, and honestly, he'd be right at the Tony area for me. So wow. 206, Ooh. 207. I, I don't like Waddle. That's a big drop. You're a hater, for sure. And now I'm not a hater. I'm worried about the injuries, and I really don't like his landing spot. I, like I said, the his uh, – He's got competition for playing time, and his quarterback hasn't been a good NFL quarterback so far. So, Trevin, you would, t- you would take Rondell Moore, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, and Terrace Marshall ahead of Jalen Waddell? Yes. Wow. I wouldn't take uh, – it's got Fryermuth here. I wouldn't take him, yeah. Fryermuth before him. But, yeah, that's who – I'd take all those receivers before i take uh, Waddle. Coming with the spicy takes tonight. Damn. Yeah, you are. (laughs) I got some good backup information. I'm not just throwing stuff out for crazy, I think. I'm getting some good I think Waddle has a pretty pretty solid role in that offense, though. I think Parker, Fuller, and Waddle are pretty clearly the three starters to me, and I think he's going to be on the field a lot, and he has a built-in connection with two going back to their college days. I think Preston Williams is probably the odd man out here. Sure, pretty, but you're still saying he's got he's sharing time with three receivers, and he's got a quarterback who had. I'm still a fan of Tua, but he hasn't been good so far. So just yeah. that those facts alone, uh, he's not slotting in as the the main target right away, compared to where these other guys are with the uh, Devonte Smith. He's just not in this Chase Smith. Um, Rondell Moore is not going to be number one, but he's going to be getting a lot of looks at Arizona. Well, I mean, Chase, I think is going to be very good, and he's clearly my wide receiver one, but he's going to with T Higgins and Tyler Boyd there as well. So it's not like he's the, the only guy Devonte Smith, I think is pretty clearly the number one in, in Philly, but I mean, I think that Waddle is going to have a decent sized role in this offense. And I think Parker is a free agent maybe after this year. Yeah, I believe so. Were. So yeah. I think wheels up in 2022 and I think he'll have a decent rookie season. Uh, and don't but, don't don't forget about their tight end too, Mike Gesicki. So he'll he'll still get his touches. Yeah. 
Anybody else you're down on, Trevin? Uh, no, that's. I mean, I'm. I'm not trying to be a hater on Waddle. I'm not. <laughs> I like him if he was healthy, but his injuries and his situation. I'm just uh, not a huge fantasy fan of him right now. How, I mean, how one, one injury, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to make it sound like he's had a lot of injuries, but it is a serious injury that scares me on him. Did you guys see his uh, video when he got drafted? <laughs> yeah. That was hilarious. Yeah. That, that did move him up my draft board a little bit. <laughs> it doesn't ease your concerns at all, Trevin, related to that injury that an NFL team was willing to take him this highly. I mean, he went, what was it, number number six, six. overall, and they had that medical combine, so I'm guessing <laughs> that the results from that came back pretty favorably if they're spending a top six pick on him. Not to me. I, uh, <laughs> it, it's scary for me. He's a guy that's built on this explosive. <laughs> he had broke his ankle and I think it went into his foot too. So All right. to me, Just that worries him. me, but, and he's a guy that never broke out. We've talked about Waddle. We're talking about him too much again, but he never had a breakout season and now he's had these injuries and he's an explosive guy. I would love him if he didn't get injured and didn't go to the dolphins. <laughs> he'll be, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. How early yeah. are you taking him, Brett? Um, his ADP is sitting at, let's see. 110 here. Or no, sorry, 111. 111. Third receiver behind Chase and Smith. He is my third receiver. Pretty easy. Um, I would probably, I would probably take, uh, I don't know. I, I said that I would take, um, him over, probably over Kyle Pitts. I mean, he's he's right there. So, I mean, I'd probably get him like at 110, 109, but, I mean, it's not that big of a jump for me. I, I think sure. at 111, he's sitting pretty good. So, I mean, if I get Waddle at 111, I'd probably be pretty happy. You the same there, Levi? Uh, I have Rondell Moore ahead of him personally, um, but I, I have him right in that same range. The short Arizona, Arizona short Kings. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, the one I'm I, – I don't know how big of a difference it is. Brent, you kind of took the one that's probably the biggest difference for me with Kyle Pitts. But the other one I'm just never going to have is Zach Wilson. So he's going seventh overall as quarterback number four. I would take Mac Jones over him. And they're going just uh, a few picks apart. Mac Jones is, all the, I guess, down at 12. So You'd take Mac Jones over him. I would take Mac Jones over him. And wow. I just, so here's what it comes down to to – for me, and we, we talked about this a little previously, but Mac Jones and, has one really good year. Zach Wilson has one really good year. Zach Wilson did against a really poor schedule and had a track record, although there were some injuries, uh, nagging injuries, of not being that great prior to this season when he played more legitimate schedules and better competition. Mac Jones had a great season against SEC competition, <laughs> and so it's... I view them both more as pocket guys, and I think I'd roll the dice on Mac before I take a shot on Zach Wilson. And I know he has some decent weapons in New York with Corey Davis, with um, Mims, Mims, and with Elijah Moore. Crowder, Crowder yeah. may be a cap casualty, but yeah. we'll see. So he is in a little bit better situation from that perspective than Mac Jones is in New England, where he's got Aguilar, Bourne, Jacoby Myers, and Nikhil Harry. But the tight ends, you forgetting about the tight ends. Yeah. Those <laughs> have some good tight ends, Hunter Henry and, and Johnny Smith. But 
I, I just I'm more of a believer in Mac longer term than I am Zach Wilson, honestly. I just I'm not I'm not gonna end up with him anywhere because I'm just not a believer. Uh, I saw That's you a little are. spicy to me. Maybe a little, but um, I, I think I'd take Zach Wilson over Mac Jones. I, I saw you arguing with Dynasty Coach today on Twitter about <laughs> that. and he, he, I mean, he had a good point, and you kind of mentioned it too. I mean, look who Zach Wilson's throwing to, and he'll be starting day one. And I don't, we can't really guarantee that with Mac Jones. So yeah. We'll see, though. Like Zach Wilson's weapons are better than Mac Jones. There's no doubt about that. But let's not act like – it's these incredible receivers he's thrown to. Yeah. Like Corey Davis yeah. was nothing in Tennessee until AJ Brown showed up and he had one decent season. I agree. Denzel Mims hasn't done anything yet, really. Elijah Moore is a rookie, and then you have Jamison Crowder, who may not even be there. So yeah, it's better, guys, but it's not like they're world beaters out there. Yeah, they have to kind of prove themselves this year. I mean, we haven't seen much from Mims, and we have to see something from Elijah Moore. And Corey Davis needs to do it again. So uh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yep. I'm trying to bring a little heat after Trevin brought up. I guess so. Head, so that's my <laughs> that's my one. I'm I'm not gonna have Mac Jones anywhere. I don't think. So Levi, real quick, what's your top five quarterbacks now that the draft is over, or who is your top five? Uh, I don't remember exactly what I had before the draft, but I don't think it's changed much, if any. Uh, I think I have Lawrence, Fields, Lance, Jones, and Wilson. Trevin? I think mine ended up being the same, too. I had Trevor Lawrence first, the 49ers pick second, uh, Fields, and then Wilson and Mac Jones, I believe, Jones. was my list before. So I think it. I would keep it the same. That's, that's what mine switched to. I, mine cleared up a lot after the draft, and I, I have – I thought about throwing fields up at number two, but I just couldn't do it. Lance's opportunity at San Francisco is pretty nice. So Lance's Lance yeah. too. I love fields as a prospect, but it does scare me a little bit. Just the inability for Chicago to develop a quarterback in the past. Yeah. Right. Here's what you had. You had Lawrence. You had Mac Jones second. Whoa. Yeah. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, hey, listen, that, that was, that was who I thought the 49ers were picking. You took Zach Wilson third, Trey Lance fourth, and Justin Fields fifth. And so now you said you have Lawrence Lance. Okay. Well, first off, uh, in in the podcast, I had Lawrence, and then two through five were all tie. Um, (laughs) And then um, I I said after the draft, it'll clear it up. But I agreed with Trevin that the 49ers pick was going to be my number two. And then Fields' opportunity at Chicago. Um, I like that. Um, he's my number three. And then Zach Wilson, with his upside, I'll put him at number four. And I think Mac Jones is a safe bet um, at number five. I, I, I Honestly, I like all five of their landing spots. I think it worked out pretty good for every, yeah. for every quarterback. The quarterback landing spots were a lot better than the receiver ones, that's for sure. And, Travin, you had Lawrence, the 49ers pick, Fields, Wilson, and – than whoever the 49ers don't pick, so Jones. Yeah, so, see? Say stayed the same. And I have Lawrence, Fields, Lance, Jones, and Wilson, so nothing changed for me. But I would actually change mine now to uh, Lawrence number one and the rest all tied for number two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Brent's pre-draft ranking. You, you can't do that after the draft. <laughs> yeah, that's my ranking now. It's only a pre-draft thing there, guys. <laughs> Trevin, you got a question of the week for us? 
Oh, yeah. Um, so, my question of the week. How many number one draft picks have quarterbacked their team to a Super Bowl win? So, one is Eli Manning. Uh, it, it has to be the team that drafted them, or it could be any team. Any team. Peyton okay. Manning. So that's yep. two, right? That's two, yep. <clears throat> how many are there? Or we're trying to guess how many there are? You're trying to guess how many there are, yeah. Or you, can, I can tell you the number two if you can't. If you don't want to guess it, and you can just try to guess the names too. But right now you're guessing how many there are. You have two so far. Was Montana number one pick? No. Was Steve Young? Well, that's one that doesn't count for this number, but he was the first player taken in a supplemental draft because he wasn't in the NFL draft. So you, I'll give you credit on Steve Young, but that's not one of the numbers that we got here. <laughs> okay. It's got to be an old quarterback. What's the oldest one? Like what year? Or what decade, I guess? Uh... 70s, I think. That's when they were drafted. That's when they were playing. They're no, there's nothing like super old. They're all in the uh, common draft era, I guess you'd say. Was Troy Aikman the first rounder or first pick? Yes, he was. That's one of them. All right. Nice work. So the first name on the list won the Super Bowl in 1969. So the first Super Bowl ever, right? We did talk about him. Bart's bar. Nope. We did talk about him during the draft. Roger Staubach? Nope. You guys are disappointing me, Hill. There, Terry Bradshaw is one of them. So you got the Manning brothers, Aikman, and Bradshaw so far. And and I'll, t- I'll just tell you, there's three more. Holy crap. Hmm. We're not. You Two said we're not. Are... Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. We're not missing a newer one, right? Like in the past 25 years? Uh, Yes, you are. Brett Favre wasn't a number one pick, was he? Nope. No. Same era, though. <laughs> You're gonna. You got one obvious one left. The other two are gonna be a little harder. Uh, out of the three, two of them were drafted by their teams. They won the Super Bowl with one was not, I believe. Phil Sims. Nope. Um, Roethlisberger was John Elway. John Elway is one. Brent's why why did we forget John Elway? Here. That was the easy one I was saying. So you got two left. I'm out of guesses. Um, the Raiders quarterback. Tark? Yeah. No. Or what? Raiders. All right, just tell us. So you got Jim Pluckett. Okay. Plunkett, sorry. That's yeah. the Raiders quarterback. The other one is Joe Namath. Oh, yeah. 
So there you go. There's six number one quarterbacks have led their teams to Super Bowl titles. Plus, Steve Young would be the seventh, but he was taken in the supplemental draft. Your other so, question was so much better than that one. You guys, uh, <laughs> you guys did pretty good. I'm proud of you. Thanks, thanks, Dad. You're welcome. Should, should we do a beer check before we go? Absolutely. So I am drinking a. Have you guys seen these bottles of on the rocks? They're called. They're pre-mixed, um, kind of fancier drinks. No, I'm not a fancy boy like you. <laughs> a fancy boy. They're kind of. They're pretty cool. I've had one of an old-fashioned. Uh, I think I was drinking one on here that Liz got one time. My wife of uh, Cosmo, but this is a on the rocks margarita. So all you gotta oh. do is pour it on the rocks. And it's a uh, day after Cinco de Mayo, so I got my lime and my ice. I'm drinking a, my margarita on the rocks. They're pretty good, though. If you guys see them, they're only 9 bucks in the store. So you get a full two glasses out of them. Day so after Cinco nice... de Mayo, also known as the 6th of May. Seis. Seis de Mayo. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> So yeah, they're pretty good. If you'd see them at Hy-Vee, uh, I'd get them. They're, there's quite a few options for fancier cocktails that you don't really wouldn't have all the stuff to make it at home. If you're feeling like a fancy boy some night. <laughs> the mountains are blue, Brent. I'm drinking a Coors Light again. Got to finish them off. Since Brent's slacking, I'll pick it up. I got a Stella. There you go. Did you buy a pallet of Stellas? How do you have more Stellas? I might have. Might have. <laughs> you just you should send a picture of your garage. It's just cases of Stella. <laughs> Brent will they, rob me if I do that. <laughs> they probably did sponsor us, but Levi's getting all the all the stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just sending everything to his house. He's drinking it all. That was the big news this week, other than the Scott Fishbowl. We're also sponsored now, but <laughs> they sent all to me. Yeah. Well, good. I'm happy for you. Are you going to rate your uh, margarita? <laughs> I don't know why Gabe has us hating on my margarita, but I like it. It's good. It's like It tastes like a margarita get a nice restaurant. So, hey, Gabe, for, for, the, for the listeners, says, I don't know how I hearted this thing, but I wish I could undo it after what <laughs> Trevin just said. Because we are now <laughs> live streaming all of our shows on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. So if you want to hop in with us, uh, we're doing this one. Thursday night. It'll be Thursday probably next week too. You sound like you're promoting a monster truck rally. <laughs> no, but I don't know. It's a good margarita, so I give it a. If you're looking for a margarita, you can't do anything better than this at home. I'm gonna go nine point five. Nine point five for a margarita in a jar. I don't understand <laughs> why you think a margarita is so fancy you can't make it at home. Well, if you're Buying the ingredients, it takes a little bit of work, and then you gotta blend it and stuff, don't you? How do you make a margarita at home? You can make margaritas on the rocks. You don't have to blend them. Like like your one you're drinking on the rocks. <laughs> I guess I've never not blended a margarita at home. You just buy a mix and put tequila in it. I mean, that's one option. Or you can just buy this bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty that's easy. An huh? option. What's your I stupid think next rankings? Next time you should do a homemade margarita. No. 
Uh, one time, Liz, when we just started dating, she was going to make me a margarita, and she but, hey, did... save that story for a little bit. We'll talk about. It. How about All that? right, that's fine. All <laughs> right, thanks for being part of the Fantasy Players Club, everybody. We'll have a new episode for you next week. Until then, uh, <laughs> on behalf of Brent Hud Hud Hikus and Trevin Cremosta, this is Levi Valentine. Wishing you a great week. See ya. See ya. Story in the outtakes here. <laughs> no, I was just saying, uh, it's pretty early on in the dating. Liz is going to make us margaritas at home and she's going to blend it up, uh, poured the mix in and poured the vodka in or tequila in, started the blender, poured the ice in, and then blended it all up, poured them out in glasses. And then she was going to put the mix away and couldn't find the lid for the mix and it got blended up with the rest of the ingredients. So it just <laughs> it blended up plastic into our margaritas. So we didn't drink those. You didn't? You nope. coward. <laughs> There's a full cap. Those are those big plastic caps. <laughs> did you find pieces of plastic in there, or did you just assume there were and you dumped it out? Yeah, we did. I mean, they're blended up real good. Good blender. I don't know what brand of blender it is, but I'd rate that pretty high. There's just little shards of plastic all in it. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so did, she, did you have enough to make more, or did she have to go without margaritas no we i mean we had to use the mix at that point there's no more lid to put back on the mix so <laughs> dumped it out and made more <laughs> awesome yeah i don't know if i've ever done anything like that you brent i can honestly say i've never had a margarita before what ever, ever. what do you mean what's wrong with me i don't know i just never what, do you eat at mexican restaurants yeah, but I don't drink. Uh, if I order alcohol there, it's a beer. You should try You're margarita. Shocking me. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I, I've, I've had I've had tequila shots before. Have That's you ever just seen everybody else drinking margaritas and not even thought maybe I'll try that? No, 
I mean, I, I've seen it, but no. My wife, just... my wife has, but you never tried one of hers. No. <laughs> Why would you try it? That's crazy. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I just never have. I don't. I don't know why. Maybe, I mean, you guys are making me want to try it now, so I'll give it a try next time. They're good if you get a good one. I mean, yeah, I don't like look up for them anywhere else besides at Mexican restaurants, but yeah, I, I enjoy drinking them. When in Rome, yeah. Is is there a certain kind I should get? The house is always good. You can get the strawberry flavored, or but usually a house margarita is what I like. Do you order yours on the rocks or blended? You. Sissy, <laughs> <laughs> I like mine on the rocks. I don't like. I'm not a big fan of slushies. Maybe that's my hot take. I'm not a big yeah. slushy guy. I don't know why you. Ah, no. I just remember, like in college, I would always, or me and some of the other people I worked with would go and, and have them at that place, that like grocery store, not too far from campus in Lincoln, and drink a few there because they're pretty cheap and they're good, and always get them on the rocks because. Well, I don't know why I'd want to. I mean, I guess I wanted to drink them a little faster back then for <laughs> for some reason efficiency. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys got the novelty ones that have the big have the Corona? I get Brent hasn't because he hasn't had margaritas, but that's a fun yeah. thing to do too. It's have the Corona. That's what you need to do overrated. for your first one with your. No, is, don't do that for your first one. With like oh. the Corona stuck in it. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. I've seen it. It's I overrated. Like that. Really. I'd rather just have a margarita and a beer. Like, why do I want my margarita watered down? It tastes good together. Taste. Yeah, I guess. And, and then it's the flavor changes too, because at the beginning you're getting mostly margarita, and then at the end it's mostly beer. So yeah. it's not like you're getting the same flavor throughout. Yeah. Another thing I like to do, like if you're kind of settled in for the night, it, it's not like a date night. You're kind of going out on the town with some friends and stuff, and you go to a Mexican restaurant, and you just get the gigantic margarita, like the 30-some-ouncer. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> That's just your – you really don't care about food at that point, and you're just yeah. drinking your gigantic margarita. Or you just get some pictures of margaritas. I, it's more fun just to get that picture to yourself and just <laughs> see the work you got to put into it. Yeah. You, I think, I guess I don't know, Brent, what your comfort level with eating out and stuff is at this point. But next time you go to a Mexican restaurant, order a margarita. Like I, I think that's where it's best because you get the full, the full ambiance. Yeah, yeah. Oh, pairs well with the food. Another trick I've got to margaritas is uh, sugar on the rim. I'm not a salt guy. I like the salt. I like the sugar on the rim. You know what we're talking about, Brent? Yeah, I've, I've seen it. Uh, I just uh, can't believe you've seen it this many times and you've never thought you'd just want to try it. Well, it's not I like mean, they're expensive. They're like $2 sometimes. <laughs> I just never, I mean. Where are you going to get $2 margaritas? Sometimes they have like specials and they're like they're like the smaller cups. It's not, you're not going to get a big one, but sometimes they advertise like $2 margaritas. Man, I need to get out of the city. <laughs> not a I'm lot of $2 for... margaritas in my neck of the woods here. I'm excited for Brent to try it. Yeah, well, Brent, you'll have to take a video first time you try one. We can post it. Brent's first margarita. All right, I will. At some point, we got to take this show on the road, and we got to sit down and have a meal together. And we're gonna go to a Mexican <laughs> restaurant, and drink some gigantic margaritas, and then Brent's gonna jump through a table. <laughs> I might be jumping through a table after that. <laughs> They're they are good. They're solid, Brent. I don't know why you've never had one, but. You should try it. Okay. 
We'll Has do. your wife never? I'm sorry. I'm, I know we're on this topic too long, <laughs> but it still just blows my mind. Like your wife's drinking one, and she never said like you should try this. She's not. I mean, obviously, she doesn't like it that much because she doesn't have it very often. But um, I don't know. It's I just never been. I mean, I, I like to drink drink my beer. Um, I just never thought about switching to like a margarita. I mean, if I'm going to switch to something else besides beer, it's gin and tonic, and that's that's it. I'm 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 pretty stubborn in my ways, so yeah, I yeah. I do think Mexican restaurants are the place that that's probably the type of restaurant I would say I'm most likely to get a beer or some sort of alcoholic drink at when I'm eating. And like if I go out to eat at a sit down place, most of the time I don't get a an alcoholic drink, but Mexican place, I just I don't know. It's food or what? But what's what's kind of weird about it is uh, I love Mexican restaurants, and that's probably where we go the most. To... <laughs> I just I, this is shocking. More shocking, shocking the more you talk. <laughs> is that? Would you guys agree on my take on the the Mexican restaurants are the best to drink at? I would agree, but I still usually get a beer at you. Know, like if you go to Applebee's, I mean. I don't know your. Do you take? <laughs> so we got to backtrack a little bit. Do you eat out much without your kids? Is it just you and your wife if you go well, somewhere? I mean, it's hard to say because we haven't really went yeah, to a restaurant true. over a year now yeah. since we had the the youngest one. So yeah, I'd say not like regularly, but once in a while. So even if it's just you and your wife, you're still if it's not a Mexican restaurant, you don't usually drink any type of alcohol at the restaurant because I guess yeah. I usually just order a beer. Yeah, sometimes I will, but I would say my percentage is highest at Mexican restaurants of ordering a beer or a, or a drink. Yeah, I guess any restaurant, I usually just order a beer. I mean, it's not like we're going to... If it is like a steakhouse, then I'll get a glass of wine usually, but if it's like Applebee's, I'll usually get a some type of beer. A glass of wine. Same with me. At a steakhouse. <laughs> you gotta drink wine with the steak. What are you scoffing me for? Why do you have to drink wine with a steak? That's the thing to do. It pairs well. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm sure all the farmers eat drink wine with their <laughs> steak out there. Well, I'm not cooking it on an open flame in my backyard. I'm at a nice steakhouse. I just get a beer probably with a steak, but whatever works for you, pal. That's the dog. Oh, you, you guys gotta live a little. I'm not a wine guy. It doesn't Try it really with matter. a steak. It's good with <laughs> like a steak. A wine's what you order like an Italian restaurant. No. <laughs> you get no. beer there? Yeah, I usually just get a beer there. <laughs> You're doing it totally bad. What kind of wine are you drinking with pasta? I don't know, but what Italian restaurants always have the huge wine selections. Yeah, I mean, don't you go to you go to Olive Garden, they offer you like the the house wine or something for the for the night, so I mean, that's what I think of Italian I'm, restaurants. I'm not, fellas, I'm not talking about Olive Garden drinking house wine. <laughs> if you're at a nice steak restaurant, you got to get a glass of red wine with it. I'm not saying you're crazy. I'm just saying I wouldn't do that. And I'm saying I think of wine more with Italian food. That's all. Yeah, same with me. I'm just trying to think of the steakhouses here in Grand Island. I don't even know if they even offer wine. <laughs> There, <laughs> they definitely offer. <laughs> <laughs> but... 
not Texas T-Bone. I'm talking about like That's nice steakhouses. I know what it is. That's why. <laughs> no, we went to a nice steakhouse for your uh, kind of bachelor party, Levi. Yeah. Yeah, something great. like that. That's where you get like a nice glass of wine. If you're a woman. Not a, not a chain <laughs> restaurant like Texas T-Bone. <laughs> I just, oh. I don't know. I don't know why you think wine and steak, but I don't, you got to It pairs well. Do you it get a red well. or a white? You got to go red with the steak. You only get white with the fish and sometimes pasta. <laughs> and, <laughs> and sometimes pasta. <laughs> and I will say the older I get, the more wine I've been drinking. So maybe I'll give that a try too, Trevin. You guys are yeah. to try, try new things here. I'll drink if I'm cooking a nice steak at my house too. I'll drink a bottle of wine. I feel like if you're when you grow up, you'll probably start ordering like bourbon or something at your steakhouse, Trevor. I don't think so. That'd be a little rough for a steak. Just not with your meal. Just when you're at the steakhouse. Like oh, after, maybe after your meal instead. Yeah. All maybe. right, we, we done here. <laughs> I don't know. We're just talking about food now. I'd keep going if you guys want to keep going. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm I think the difference here is really the kids deal. I don't think it's really as easy for you guys to go out as my yeah, thoughts here. But it's not like you're drinking five or six drinks and getting loaded when you go out to dinner with. No, no. It's just so I don't think the kids I've, matter that much. I just think it gives me more opportunity to try different places and try different things for as far as like eating out and stuff and not anything against, I'm not saying you guys are wrong yeah. on your lifestyles or whatever. It's just harder. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so I think that's the main difference here. Yeah. Brent disagrees. Dual income with no kids. You have more disposable income to spend at these sit down restaurants. So. And I don't even know if that's part of it. <laughs> I mean, I know you guys both have good jobs. It's I'm not. It's, no, I'm not, I know. I'm just saying. I think it's more of just the time. It's more. easier if Liz and I on a Friday night at seven o'clock decide we want to go to a restaurant. It doesn't take a whole lot of planning. <laughs> so right. We can just go to a restaurant. Yeah. And I mean, when they get older, like my kids, I mean, yeah. it's it's easier too. So like we're like, hey, we're gonna go out to eat. You want to come with? And they're usually usually like. Probably no, most of the time, and so <laughs> unless like, we unless sweet. we make them, so <laughs> so it's it, it gets easier when they get older too. So, but with Levi's situation, that's got to be pretty tough. Yeah, that's not fun. Yeah, but I mean, the problem with that is we're always ordering stuff to go if we're sitting down and eat eating too for for the kids. <laughs> You're nice. No, we don't do it all the time. It's like horrible food, like chicken strips and fries or something. <laughs> you can go to a fancy restaurant, get some mac and cheese and some chicken strips. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> Darn teenagers, man. Yeah. I'd just be happy if now I we're on the kids to bed at night now. <laughs> They're not going to bed. Lately. Oh, just... <laughs> Carson wants to be rocked two or three times a night, and Owen wants to stay up and watch TV until it's time for bed, and then jack around the whole time and throw it. 
because he's so <laughs> tired by the time he's ready to go. By the time we tell him it's time to go to bed, so it's gonna be uh, boot camp over here for the next couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> What's he watch? His cartoon show till he doesn't ever want to go to bed. Blippy, yeah. Oh, Blippy, your favorite. 